something just woke up in me. Like, this is what I want to do. I loved it. It was, it was like everything I'd ever learned about the creative side of business and everything I'd wanted to learn about running my own business was starting to look me in the face and say, you, you can, you can do this. You can move this forward now. So, so go. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. to the fizzle show where every week we talk about things that are interesting to indie entrepreneurs indie business builders people earning a living doing something they actually care about right it's more possible than ever to create an independent online business doesn't have to be online can be off too you know that's one of the things we get into it's hard value is value it's hard to make something that's valuable to anybody whether you're doing it online or offline Right, And that's what we do here every single week at The Fizzle Show. And that's what we do at fizzle.co. Listen, if you're a new listener, we want to say welcome. If you haven't listened to anything before, welcome. Every week we talk about these kinds of things. Now, if you're new, we put together a toolkit with our most essential and most popular episodes of the show, along with other killer resources for indie entrepreneurs. The, the Book Yourself Solid, not the, sorry, not Book Yourself Solid, but the, the Business Sketch Template, the Defining Your Audience uh, uh, Guide. Do you like that? It's always good when a radio host goes, uh, 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 the guide to defining your audience, the business naming worksheet, these kinds of things. If you're an indie entrepreneur at any stage of the journey, this toolkit will help you tighten up your business idea and your to-do list. So head over to fizzle.co slash toolkit and download it for free. It's totally a gift from us for checking out the show. Fizzle.co slash toolkit. Okay, so every week on the show, we talk about things that are interesting to business builders, indie entrepreneurs. And today we've got a really special one. I'm joined by Steph Crowder in Louisville, Kentucky. Say hi, Steph. Hey, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great week. I am so excited about the guest we have on today. So I hope you guys are ready for a really good episode. That's right. That's right. Because the guest we have is Beth Hornback. Say hi, Beth, and tell us a little bit about where you are calling from. Hello. I have no pressure now with this setup. (laughs) Um, I'm calling from my spare room in Vancouver, Washington. I hope everyone's having a fantastic week, because I am. Oh, that's great. Spare Oom from the from the country of Spare Oom. Any of my Narnia fans out there? What's up, Narnia people? All right. Um, so Beth has this incredible story. She's been inside of Fizzle for a long time. We've gotten to hear her story over over over. It seems like a more more than a year, more than a year or two. I remember when we did like one of the first Fizzle Portland meetups, Beth, and you oh, were yes. there. I brought and I met free you. crackers. Yeah, you brought. <laughs> Gluten-free crackers. Yes, friends of the Fizzle Show will be glad to know that Beth, literally, she came with gluten-free crackers as a gift for me. If you've listened to lots of our old shows, which Beth Beth has, uh, you'll know there's this running thread on gluten-free crackers were for me this symbol for you have to earn revenue from your thing eventually if it's not a hobby i I, first of all i gotta say we believe very strongly in just having hobbies things that don't need to make money things that 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 you can kind of express yourself creatively on but when you want to not have a boss (laughs) you got to kind of be your own boss 
And you got to make yourself actually do some things that matter that actually get the results. And for me, that took the symbol of gluten-free crackers because they're way more expensive than regular crackers. (laughs) They're so much more expensive. But my family was going all gluten-free because my son had picked up a really neat little uh, co-traveler in Mexico. We'll call it a co-traveler that lived on the inside of his system. A co-traveler that we couldn't couldn't do anything. Antibiotics, nothing would kill this thing. So we had to be like fully gluten-free as a family for a year. And uh, uh, my independent business supported us through that. <laughs> so that was pretty great. And speaking of which, let's, let's, this is a great little transition point into Beth. You have a blog now that is successful. You're earning your and totally your income from this thing more than you were working, than you were making from your day job from it. Tell us about the blog that you're running now, because then I want to go back in time and learn about how you got started with this. Sure. Um, so the blog is called Eat Within Your Means, and it's all plant-based recipes to fatten your wallet and skinny your jeans, which I suck at both of those, but I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. So eat within your means, fatten your wallet, skinny your jeans. I like. I mean, I like that. I like the idea of using skinny as a, uh, as what is that? Is it's that a verb? verb? Is yeah. That, is that a verb? <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I, what is she doing? Is she skinnying? I skinnied my jeans. I had these jeans. I got. I had these skinnied. I had these jeans skinny. I like that. So you. Uh, I. By the way, this is great, Steph. Uh, Steph doesn't even laugh at my jokes like that. This is this is terrific. This is terrific. So Beth, take us back to. Um, tell us how many years ago it was. You were working at a regular old desk job kind of place. Uh, tell us what that felt like and what the transition out towards working for yourself, like how did this whole thing get started for you? Oh man. Okay. So I have been kind of a serial entrepreneur at heart forever. I've wanted to do something online or just in run my own business for a long time. And I've wanted to do something in food for a long time too, but I've always been just kind of for the longest time I was lurking from the side. I was just looking at kind of the big popular blogs at the time, probably 10 years ago, it was Smitten Kitchen and uh, the Pioneer Woman and people who are still doing things today. And it seemed because they'd already built their platform, it seemed like, oh, well, those are like the celebrity blogger people, right? And so it, it took me a long time to realize that everyone has to start with one post. And so I could start with one post and I could do it. And it there was just a lot of buildup to it in terms of convincing myself that this was something that I could and should do because cooking has been something that I've been doing on my own since I was 18. I, I nannied for a family in Boston and I had to cook from the first day of my job. And so I had mm. to go to the grocery store and, you know, do the, all the shopping and all that stuff. And I fell in love with it. I remember making eggplant Parmesan from the joy of cooking cookbook and just killing it and realizing this is awesome. I love doing this. So, um, so I started uh, my very first blog ever. My very first WordPress blog was called less of Beth. And it was my own personal weight loss journey, which is ironic because I've lost it all. I've gained it all back, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, (laughs) I, I diligently blogged everything that I ate and the, and how much energy I was burning every single day for almost 10 months. And it was the year leading up to my wedding. So seven years ago. And so I learned how WordPress worked and I learned how blogging worked and I learned how to, you know, be consistent at something. And so that was kind of like the very, very precursor. And I was working at the job that I, that I left, um, to, to go blog 
at, from home at that time. So then I had my daughter and she's five now and awesome. And I had started a blog called Veggies for Vita because her name is Vita. And I thought, oh, we're eating plant-based now. So I can you know make this blog around her name and because Vita means life and veggies for life. Well, it was okay. But what I realized is I didn't want to have a blog around her name because what if we had another kid? What am I going to call it then? You know, Vita and second kid. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and I was, but I got experience being in the kitchen, creating a recipe, taking pictures. It was truly terrible compared to what it is now, but it was the experience of it. And then suddenly, finally, I, I discovered a site called food blogger pro actually discovered these income reports from a blog called pinch of yum. And, met Lindsay and Bjork Ostrom through that blog. They're the, they're the runners of it. And they had been posting, similar to Pat Flynn, these income reports for, by the time I found them, it had been a year or two that they'd been posting them every single month. And they started from making $24 their very first month to the time when I found them, it was in the t- uh, at least in the five figures every single month that they were earning an income from a food blog. And you could see the progression and you could see everything that they were doing to get to that point. And that was when I realized I can do this. This is something I, I just it lit something up in me. It just woke me up to what was possible. And I was climbing the ladder, if you will, of, of life at my corporate job and realizing that I just did not I did not want to do this anymore like this mm. because I knew that the more I worked there, the, the higher I went. And I was like mid-level management when I left. Um, I would have to work more and and travel probably. And I had was having kids. I wanted to be at home. I and I and I was falling in love with with blogging. And so I decided that I wanted to actually do a real thing. And so, but I wanted it to be right from the very beginning. So I joined Food Blogger Pro, and I watched every single one of the videos on setting up the the blog, um, all the SEO stuff, everything you have to optimize for images, everything, food photography courses, everything. And I did all that leading up to my launch of my blog. So about four months and that around that time is actually when I discovered fizzle too. So I was listening to the fizzle show on my way back and forth from work and then watching course videos till one o'clock in the morning every night before I went to my job. Sorry, old job. Um, I was, I was burning the candle. I've done that that too. I've done that too, man. So much, so many, like how many people listening to this show tweet at fizzle. If that's you, if that's you in your life right now, or if that's been you in the past where you're just like, you're working some job, but you're really just like, okay, look at this. This is like taking in courses or reading blog posts nonstop about the thing that about like creating your own thing. Okay, so keep mm-hmm. going. I love this story. You wanted to do it right from the start. You were listening to the Fizzle Show on the way to and from work. You were doing courses at work. What happened next? Oh no, I didn't do courses at work. But I, li- <laughs> but I mean, I maybe on my lunch break. But I did. Um, <laughs> I, I was doing the courses like at one o'clock. You know, staying up super late watching on my iPad until I couldn't mm. stay awake anymore. You know, learning about SEO. And then going to work the next day and trying so hard to get into what I was doing, but hitting a brick wall because in in corporate land, there there's just so much bureaucracy and politics that I just I didn't want anything to do with that. I just wanted to actually make something have my work actually matter. So to hear every single week on the Fizzle Show make work that matters, and I'm going to my my office and 
you know, woo, I got an office, you know, my promotion meant I got an office. Well, what does that mean? I, I don't even know how this factors into what I want. And so I was filling this poll and I finally decided, okay, I'm going to start this blog. I came up with the name. I can't even remember how I came up with the name. I just knew I wanted to cook uh, plant-based meals. I wanted them to be affordable. And I knew by default they would, you know, help me be healthier. So that kind of all, those were all things that were important to me and they still are important to me. So that just, it kind of, the name just kind of came out of the sky. I honestly don't have a real like cool name story, but the domain name was available. Everything was available on social. And so I picked it all up and I just set a launch date and I went for it. It was April 28th, 2014. And I actually, the gluten-free crackers I bought, brought you Chase, that was my very <laughs> first post. And, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Wow. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah. And I can remember the day that I posted that Lindsay Ostrom from Pinch of Yum, who was part of Food Blogger Pro that I was part of, she left, I think, one of my very first comments. And then the other person was Dana from Minimalist Baker because I was adapting one of her recipes. And uh. and so she I told her about it. And so she commented, too. And I remember thinking, this is the best day ever. Like, two of my, <laughs> you know, like two of my blogging fangirl heroes are commenting on my first post. Like, what, what is this? And so after that, I didn't want to go to work anymore, but it, I still did, of course, you know, but my, my whole, something just woke up in me. Like, this is what I want to do. I loved it. It was, it was like everything that I'd ever learned about, I, cause I'd done some like web design and stuff in the past, like really little bits for musicians and stuff. Everything I'd ever learned about the creative side of business and everything I'd wanted to learn about running my own business was starting to look me in the face and say, you, you can, you can do this. You can move this forward now. So, so go, but mm. you know, I got the baby, <laughs> I've got the job and I have life that I want to keep living. So it was definitely, I was a weekend warrior for a while. But, so hold on, stop there yeah. for a second. So okay. for, this is like, so Steph, jump in here, like, like zoom in, zoom in on this moment. And for me personally, I'll, I'll ask you first, Beth, like this, th I loved when you're like, this was the best day <laughs> ever, right? Like, so zoom in on that moment for me, Beth, like what did that, like, there's a lot of people out there listening right now who are just, would love to have that moment, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you since then have had a lot of other moments and they haven't all been the best moment, even though you're constantly working on your dream, right? You're constantly yeah. working on making that thing a reality. It's really it's really like it's a, there's a lot of perspiration involved. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. elbow grease involved, right? For sure. So yes. I don't know. I, I don't even know what I want you to say about it. I just love this moment so much, you know, like of 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 this of the two first commenters being two of your favorite sort of like emergent successful food bloggers on your very first post with a na a blog that has like the name and the idea that like you're you're like i like this this is something i can get behind i won't have to change this when i have another kid or if i change <laughs> yeah. my you know what i mean like right. everything was everything came together in those moments i find there are moments like that that click where everything kind of comes into a line uh, alignment and it's almost like there's clarity there's everything kind of glows for a little bit and i also find that they don't they don't last forever no you know completely. That, that, <laughs> yeah so what, what, what would you i mean what would you say about that beth well so i i need to also mention that prior to or as this was going on my husband and i had 
some conversations around, you know, do you know how many food blogs are out there? You know, he was trying to inject a little realism into my big dream scenario because he, he completely supports me. And now he's my biggest champion in this. Like, you know, he's on board hundred percent. But at the beginning I was all gaga over the income report numbers and stuff and thinking, Oh, I can make all this money, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't really thinking about it from the money perspective solely at, at all. But I think he heard me thinking this could be, so huge, whatever. And he needed to bring me back to reality a little bit because I am like, I have so much in common with you, Chase, when you talk about kind of like being the dreamer and like the creative, you know, actually getting it done part is really hard. Mm. Um, I, I'm kind of a serial starter and a a serial unfinisher. I, I have all kinds of ideas. So he knows this about me and he wanted, if I was going to put all this effort into something, he wanted it to be something that I could actually, you know, see it through and something realistic. And so when I remember kind of, we didn't really fight, but I remember being like really trying to convince him, like feeling so solid in this, but I hadn't actually done anything yet as far as our post. And so when this, when this post happened and then the subsequent um, next three to six months, which kind of brought a big turning point, I, I just remember thinking, okay, I can prove, I can prove now that this is actually a good thing. Like I just felt so much validation in it. Um mm. Not necessarily even from the comments, but just the fact that I set the date, I did the thing, I put it out there. That's been kind of a recurring um, feeling of motivation of I just seeing something through and getting it out from my head and actually out into the world, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that totally does. I really resonate with this idea of of uh, that sense of validation. Mm-hmm. That's coming after like, and I want everybody to listen to this, to the reality here. She set a date. <laughs> mm-hmm. She set a date and she made the deadline. She did it. She, she, she realized she took this thing that like, cause Beth, you're a dreamer, you're a creative, like I'm a creative, I'm a dreamer too. And, and for me, I would much prefer to live in my journal, in my <laughs> notebook, in my ideas, on my whiteboard, in my sketches, in my sandbox on my computer, than I would putting the stuff out there because I get a lot of fulfillment and 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 fun and and, and interest and intrigue from those things, regardless of the publishing of the thing. But there's right. always been something in me that needs other people to see this about me too. You mm-hmm. know, I want I want to put this out there. So I, I kind of peg it on some kind of insecurity, but at the same time, there's just a vision there that's like mm, I think I can earn a living doing. I think I can earn some revenue from this thing. I think I could be successful doing this thing. And so setting that date and putting your butt on the line to just get it out at that time. I think that's such a baller move. (laughs) I think it's such a baller move. I think it's literally advanced techniques. Mm -hmm. It really is because, because a lot of us, we we're waiting for what's the, the episode that we did Steph, on on clarity, waiting for clarity mm-hmm. instead yeah. of taking action now. Right. Yeah. Um, and Steph, realizing, what are you hearing over there? Well, yeah, I think it's exactly that. We talked in that earlier episode you mentioned about the fact that people think that they have to wait 
for clarity before they take action for a, a number of reasons, being fear, you know, fear of taking the wrong action, all kinds of different reasons. When the crazy thing is the counterintuitive thing is that clarity actually comes from action. And it's not until yeah. you take that step that you realize where you're even going. So I, what I have experienced, and I think maybe what sets Beth apart and others apart from those who fizzle out before they ever even get started is I think setting that date, uh, you know, in her own mind, she's saying, I am going to give this a shot. Otherwise it would have been easy to just kind of keep talking about it, dreaming about it, learning about SEO, all that stuff like that tinkering is fun and it's kind of like abstract. So to make yourself say, no, you know what, by this date, this is what I'm going to do. I think that it, it just gets it out into the world of reality. So instead of waiting to be clear about your direction, you told yourself like by hook or by crook, I'm going to launch this and this is when I'm doing it. So then you know that no matter what, what happens you have to you have to put it out there so i think there's i think there's just something really to be said for that level of commitment versus how easy it is to let it drag on forever for some magical ready feeling that probably won't ever really come yeah mm. yeah no i love that stuff that's great okay so i also think there's another thing to say here all right which is you did feel good about this like you felt like it what maybe it didn't feel like the stars were aligning here, but you didn't have these huge, uh, like one of the things that I noticed is sometimes it's like I've got this idea for a thing, like I have an idea right now for a podcast, right, for doing a separate podcast, um, and I've been sitting on it for a long time because something about it doesn't quite feel right yet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could set the deadline on that at any point. But I think I'm still too f- specific. You know what a good metaphor for this is? I think I'm still too veggies for v- Vita. For Vita. <laughs> Vita, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think I'm just that, which was the name of the blog that you did just yeah. before this one. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, and like, there was something in there that like, you knew, like, like looking, like a- as time went on, you realized you needed to change something about that. Right. Right. And it was a good, it was a good sandbox to play in for a little bit before you're like, well, now this idea I can actually do for a long time. The truth is I've had a lot of veggies for Vita. Right. I've had so many of those now. And Mm so I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, no, no, that's not totally all the way right yet. So for me, the advice for, for like, I would say, you know, more advanced or expert people, Hey man, you know, first of all, they're not listening. They're not (laughs) listening for advice here. They're just listening for the story for the most part, because when you get to the point where you've shipped so many creative projects, you know, exactly this story. So I guess maybe it's a moot point because most of us need to hear the story of like, set the deadline, put it out there. You will not die. You will not die. It won't kill you. No matter how bad it hurts, no matter how confusing or how upset, no matter how big the mistake, you won't die. And you and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger as we're going to yeah. find with some of the rest of Beth's story here. Do you have anything to add on that, Beth? Well, just the, the, um, the other thing was I just did one post because... I, I know I knew a lot of people at the time and also now, you know, when you're getting started with food blogging, a lot of people get hung up on, well, do I need to have 10 posts or 15 posts or 20, whatever. And honestly, you could spend all of your time creating those posts and then never launch them because you're too worried about the photography is not great. If, if you're doing 10, the photography is going to be better on post 10 than it is on post one. And if you never launched them, that's just a, so much time wasted. And so I just did one because I knew if I did that one, then that would be the, the momentum that I needed. Mm. And it's interesting now to listen to all the Fizzle Show's episodes recently because they've been so important to me 
and relevant to me now, but I also kind of wish that I could have heard them all back in time. Like if I could gone back to the future or something, because Mm. they would have all been completely relevant then as well. And so not that the ones I was listening to at the time weren't, but just when I come full circle on it now and see this is all the same, it's the same concepts. It's the same, Mm. just keep finding the clarity in what you're doing. You do something to find the clarity. So anyway, I I don't want to go off track too much, but, but that, that was a huge part of it. I can see those concepts in it now. Yeah, no. So, okay. Got it. So we're taking action. We're taking action. I love this. We're taking action. So get us to the point. The, keep the story going to the point where where uh, you eventually you leave your corporate job because you're just weekend warrioring this thing for a while. What happened between weekend warrior going kind of hard? We got our first two comments on the thing, our first post up to however many, you know, I don't know how many months it was later that you guys decided that you were going to step away from from that job. Yeah, I have <laughs> this one post that kind of changed everything for me and it still has to this day um so in july of that year of 2014 it was just two months after i'd launched i had posted this tutorial about how to cook spaghetti squash which is this the most random thing in the world but it has been everything to me um as far as the blog's growth has gone um I figured out by accident, complete and total accident, that if you cut it across the width, like imagine there's a belt, you've stood a spaghetti squash up straight, like a like the stem is on the head, and you cut it across the belt, the the that's the best way to actually cook it because the the noodles of it run around the width of the squash instead of mm. instead of vertically. And so every time, literally every time I see a video or a post about cutting it down vertically, I get kind of itchy now because I know they're just doing it the wrong way (laughs) 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 but i posted this tutorial and it was just you know how to make the most of spaghetti squash and i had no idea what would happen with it i just thought it was cool and i wanted to share this accidental discovery and i at that same time i was completely obsessed with checking google analytics i was checking my page views Every single day, multiple times a day, it was becoming so much of a distraction that I couldn't do anything. So for the month of like midway through June to midway of July, I said, I'm not going to look at stats for 30 days. I'm just turning it off. I committed to it. I posted about it in the Food Blogger Pro forum at the time. And when I came back from that, I checked, I checked finally, and my stats had tripled because of that one post. It had just gone kind of oh, nuts wow. on Pinterest at the time. And so I had nothing from Google at that point, by the way, like zero, because when you're just getting started, you don't. And so um, yeah. it went nuts. It went nuts on Pinterest. And all of a sudden it, it just there was this another feeling of, wow, holy crap. Is this for real? Like this is this can happen. And so that was the catalyst for the actual seeing the growth happen, because now to this day, this is three years later. That post gets 40% of my traffic by all the time. And so that is, it's, it's been like, what is, and now if you search for how to cook spaghetti squash or even just spaghetti squash on Google, I think I'm like third or fourth down on page one, something like that. And so that it's kind of blows in my mind. I just, I, I look at this little humble winter squash sitting on my counter right now and I'm thinking, thank you. (laughs) But, you know, but I had to, I had to post that, right? I mean, I had to put it together, but, but if I hadn't, I I would be in a completely different place right now. 
the growth the growth yeah. has happened but that was a that was a catalyst so anyway that that happened and then as we went into the fall i learned that i was pregnant with my um with my second child my little son and well, actually hold on hold on a second oh, yeah, let's sure. let's stop there for let's stop okay. there for one second sure because i think this is actually kind of this is kind of tripping me out because this is something that that uh, a lot of us this is one of the reasons why online business is so alluring. Well, first, here's a message from our sponsor, FreshBooks. FreshBooks is small business accounting software. You have to be able to invoice clients if you are a freelancer of any kind, and FreshBooks makes that super, super easy. One of my favorite you know, web creatives, Swiss Miss, uses this and raves about how easy it is to use and how beautiful it looks. You can try FreshBooks for a whole month for free. This is a deal that they've given to us at Fizzle. So so go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle, freshbooks.com slash fizzle, and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. And then we're also sponsored by a new sponsor. You can go to videoblocks.com slash fizzle, and this is what you're going to get. You're going to get access to three different libraries of stock stuff for the price of one. That is video footage, audio uh, clips and then images for your blog posts and stuff. This is so essential when you're working on media these days. You need to have good images. You need to have good audio sound effects. You need to be able to use great B-roll and video stuff. Check out videoblocks.com slash fizzle right now to get all those libraries for the price of one. This is one of the reasons why online business is so alluring, right? <laughs> yeah. It's because you can have one of these, wow, holy crap, this can happen moments right mm -hmm. where you write a post of some kind you make a piece of content you make a, a pinterest thing you put something on on social you put a uh, an article out of some kind and it quote goes viral and there's right. all these different levels of virality right right, right. you might you might like we talked uh, a little bit about one of these articles at, at harper's bazaar called the hidden cost of emotional labor or something like that women aren't nags they're just dealing with m emotional labor here's how to understand it and uh it it that post i, I saw another follow-up post from the author of that post going like well when that started going nuts virally that's when I started writing X, Y, and Z. So it turns out that post went huge. That's why it came on my radar at all, right? right. So occasionally this happens, this idea of, of you make something and like, oh my God, people are showing up to it. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is magic. This is like, and there's a science to it. There's a science to it, but they're, they're, the science is more like quantum science. It's like, it's a, uh, it's a spectrum of possibilities and potentiality. It's not, you know, if you do this, then this will happen. Totally. Right. Yes. It's, it, it, and so this is one of these, these interesting, and this is, it's like life. Life's a lot like this. You might just get off the train at uh, one stop early accidentally. You end up bumping into someone who becomes your wife. You can't tell someone to get off the train early every time and, and, to, and they're going to find their wife this is one of those things that's like god i wish i could i could bottle this for people but it's what keeps this kind of biz business idea what keeps this kind of content oriented businesses so magic and so so fresh and so hopeful and so i don't know tantalizing it's difficult to do so i just wanted to put a tag right there that wow holy crap this can happen moment yeah. these happen mm -hmm. they're challenging to they, like but you if you 
put your butt in the chair, if you work your butt off for the right reasons, you kind of you get one of these maybe we call these like home runs in the start a blog that matters course. These are like a home run. You get one of these maybe if you're not trying to to if you're not focusing on on just the like the how many home runs you hit, but you focus on, you know, your ERA, your earns per run average. I don't know, I'm not a sports guy. I'm, I'm way out of my league at this no, point. But it's funny but, that you mentioned sports chase because that's exactly the analogy that I've heard before is that with blogging it's about maybe one or two posts will be your home runs and then everything else is a single or a you know half the time it's a strikeout and so yeah. that that's absolutely true it's it you just have to keep coming up to bat and and I know just enough about baseball to know what that is but yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. I love that okay I just wanted to put well, a, a, a little tag on that go for it Steph no, I think too. That what uh, some people, I, I guarantee, there are some people out there who are listening to this who are asking the question right now, like screaming into their phone as they listen to this podcast. Like, well, how do I know? How do I know if it's going to be a home run? And what I'm hearing from this conversation is, you freaking, you don't know. You have no you idea. Don't. And that's the that's the whole point. And I think, wouldn't it be amazing if any of us had a crystal ball or some way of knowing, like, oh, if I just write this one post about spaghetti squash, then that will set off the whole different trajectory of my business. But what Beth is saying is you don't know that when you step up to the plate, you don't know if you're going to strike out. You don't know if you're going to hit a home run. The the point, though, that's not the point. The point isn't trying to anticipate what the pitch is going to be and if you can hit the ball at the park. The point is to keep stepping up to that home plate again and again and again and again. Even if you've struck out 100 times, you keep showing up because just because you struck out 100 times doesn't mean that there's not a home run in you next time. But you can't Mm -hmm. possibly know that before you before you actually like put it out there so I just think that's such a powerful point because I hear a lot of questions like this in our community where people are like well how can I like what's the formula for a viral (laughs) post or and it's like yeah it's just like it's not it's not it's just showing up trying to be helpful trying to add value and um, sometimes sometimes you nail it and sometimes it's not as as, as useful but you just continue to show up and and that's kind of where the magic is I think Mm, I love it and I Go for it, Beth. Well, just one thing to add to that, though, is that the main point of that post was to share that knowledge with other people so it would be helpful for them. And so that's what I everything that has done super well for me has been something that I've put together in such a way that really is useful for someone else. Like uh, tutorials do really well, like how to cook perfect quinoa. It's just changing the water. But people write to me all the time and say, you've just, I've just enjoyed my first bowl of quinoa for the first time. Thank you. You know, like that, that's the stuff that, that one didn't go viral necessarily, but people find it and it's helpful to them. And so that, if that motivation is there from the beginning, and that's what I kept hearing from the fizzle show when I was listening is, you know, do work that matters. Does, how does cook spaghetti squash matter? Yeah, it does. It, It can. Food is so powerful. And so that's what has kind of been the undercurrent of everything that I'm trying to do is mm. will this help someone else? And if if it's not going to, then what what's the point of it? I don't really under you know, there's kind of no there's no point to it then. I love it. I love that. Here, let me take a break real quick and talk about our sponsor of the show, ConvertKit. ConvertKit is email marketing made easy. It's for specifically automating your email marketing. I think this is where this program really shines. There's a lot of email marketing tools out there. ConvertKit, MailChimp, Drip for a little more SaaS-oriented businesses sometimes. And there's a lot of, like, so for MailChimp, here's what we, here's what our biggest advice is. Our biggest advice is if you just want to do something, you know you have to have 
you have to have an email list provider because email still, in many ways, makes the web go round. And email still is where you're going to get the most action and the most direct action possible, the engagement possible in your in your relationship with your audience. When you have a cl- link that you really want them to click, when you have a, 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 a new product that you really want them to know about, email's where that's going to happen. Now, if you don't know exactly what you're going to do with email, you're just kind of like, all right, we'll put something on the website, uh, we'll have a freebie of some kind, we'll, a lead magnet, we've got some guides on that, then you can go ahead and go with MailChimp because they have this free account, that's great. And now the automation there comes with the free account. That's awesome. If you want to kick it up a notch, though, there's there's nothing better right now than ConvertKit for people who want to take their business seriously online. You have to pay for it. I think it's like twenty nine or twenty bucks a month or something like that. I haven't looked to be honest, but it's the thing that I love the most about it is how easy it makes not just the email sequences, so you can put together a course really easily using a sequence of emails, but then all of this tagging that you can do to segment your list. So for instance, if I send out an email that mentions a podcasting course, I can say anybody who clicks any anytime that URL shows up in any of my emails to that podcasting course, tag that person with an interest in podcasting. Now, every once in a while, I can come in and go like, how many people do I have with an interest of podcasting? Oh, wow, there's 55 people in there. Why don't I send an email just to those people? This is called segmenting, right? Sounds really specific. It's not. It's just a way of getting information about what these people on the other side, these email addresses, what their intention is. And when you can market to their intention, when you can create products and services and information in these helpful kinds of posts that Beth's talking about, aimed at these kinds of segments, it can be really powerful. So, listen, you can get free 30 days of, of ConvertKit. They don't, they, I don't think they even offer this on their website. When you go to convert, uh, no, you go to fizzle.co slash ConvertKit. We've hooked up with them to get a free 30-day trial. So you can kick the tires, you can check it all out and see if you like it. I love making forms, I love doing the email sequences, and I really love that powerful automation tagging stuff. So, thanks to ConvertKit for supporting the Fizzle show and independent business. Let's get back into it. Okay, so we were just talking about this wow, holy crap, this can happen moment where we have this magical post that's so simple. You were focused on just getting your singles. One of the things that, Steph, one of the things you said I wanted to correct is you said even if you struck out a hundred times, maybe this next one, you could still hit a home run. What I see happening is it may be a better, little bit better language is, is what Beth started talking about. Is like, no, no, you still have to focus on on singles and doubles. You have to focus mm-hmm. on getting people on base. And the truth is, we can do that. What that looks like is getting, you know, a few comments, it's getting some feedback, it's getting like a little more reach, it's getting like a little it's like a guest post on this place or on that place. So we're focusing on getting those those singles and those doubles, and that's what Beth was focused on and one of those happened to accidentally pop right off the sweet spot of the bat. <laughs> and who knew it? It became this thing that's still responsible. Your business story is very different Beth without that post my question the question that I don't know if we can if anybody can answer is is if there's if there's a lot of bloggers out there who can work with as much diligence and intensity as you who would never hit the home run and the thing is I think our internal energy and motivation fizzles out when we start to realize that there isn't uh that the thing that we're doing isn't that great 
isn't helping that many people, isn't working that well, isn't that important. Like we internally move on from it, not just uh, not just from a self doubt point of view, but from a point of view that's like that's that's like oh wait, this doesn't have the same oomph to it that it used to. And so I want to tell people out there that like hey, if you've experienced that, or if you are experiencing that, or if that one day comes your way. That is not the end of the world. You might be right that the that the first uh, that was that was veggies for Vita. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that totally. was veggies for Vita. And I have my history is is just like littered with the corpses of projects that just <laughs> that actually got off the ground, but they were just mutants. They had really unhealthy. I don't know. It was bad. It was put together, and it was I don't know. For some reason, I'm see, I've been watching too much Rick and Morty, so there's there's just a bunch of these weird uh, uh, mutant looking things that my projects were in my mind, and now Fizzle is like one that I can stick with because like wow, the bones of this thing, the genetics of this thing are actually really solid. So take us to the next step, Beth. Take us to where uh, where you went from here. You wrote this post, it went viral. What happened next? So then I found out that I was pregnant with my son, um, who's two and a half now. And I remember very clearly so having like a, kind of a fear around how is it going to work when I go back to work after I have him? Like, that, I, am I going to even be able to do this? That this is a continue to blog. Like, the idea of walking back into my job and dropping both of my kids off at daycare, it just, it made me kind of, it made me feel sick to my stomach almost. Like I I couldn't even imagine it, but I was kind of having these thoughts internally. And I remember driving back home from somewhere on a long car trip with my husband. And he does this to me all the time. He'll just be thinking about something for a long time. And then he'll just, you know, kind of come out with it. And he said, I think you should, you should quit your job when Josh is born. And I think that you should plan for that now. Like you should, you know, we should just plan on. And that was going to be in April of the following year. So about a year after I started the blog and I looked at him and thinking, I I didn't even think that it was possibility like financially or anything. It just hadn't even occurred to me that that could be a thing. And here he is, Mr. Amazing guy. Who's I could talk the whole day about how awesome he is. Um, He'd already been thinking about it. He was already in the back of his mind, seeing the possibility and seeing that this was growing and it had potential and that I could do this. And so I was super lucky to have a boss that really supported me in this. And he he had always encouraged me on the blog stuff and the photography and everything. And so I went to him and I said, hey, he said, what do you what are you thinking about for when you come back from your maternity leave? And I said, I'm thinking I might not. (laughs) And And he said, he said, "Okay, I kind of saw that coming. And so we were able to kind of secretly devise a plan to train someone to replace me over a period of months leading up to me leaving, which was just so great because then all of a sudden I felt this freedom to know that I had it all under control. I didn't know what was going to happen, like how it was going to go when I left, but I knew that I was making a very distinct decision, discreet decision. I'm going to move from this type of job to this other, you know, business building thing. And it, it was the most right thing I've ever felt, even though I was scared <laughs> um, mm. about how it was going to go. Cause I didn't, I wasn't earning a very much money at that point. I was earning enough to cover my hosting fees and that, and you know, the expenses of running a blog and, but I wasn't seeing, you know, I, w- I wasn't getting the kind of traffic that would, that I am now. So at that time I just saw the potential. So mm. fast, fast forward to um, 
I had, you know, had him and really things were off the blog where I was barely keeping it afloat at that point. I was maybe able to post once or twice a month. And I, I felt a lot of times like a real shame around why, why can't I be doing more? But, you know, I had difficult pregnancies with both of my children. And so it made it a lot harder for me to buckle down and do the work, you know, the, the hustle of it all. I felt a lot of shame around not being able to hustle so much. And I finally just had to say, I'm still showing up. I'm still doing stuff and I haven't let this go. So it is, it is something that I'm going to be able to kind of ebb and flow in. So I had Mm. my son and then it was the summer. And I remember going back for my, my two, I kind of gave my official two weeks and I, because I'd gone back after maternity leave, it felt really strange to just walk back in. Everything had kind of gone on without me. And it was the most, the longest and most awkward two weeks of my life because I wasn't, I wasn't there anymore. I had already left really. It was just a formality. And so then when I came out of that, now it was about, okay, how do I keep this thing going? But I have a newborn at home and I, Steph, I think you can, you can understand this maybe more than anybody in my life right now. Um, Working from home, it sounds so rosy and wonderful until you actually start doing it with a a child. And so, you know, I faced that pretty, pretty, you know, head on right from the beginning. Like, how am I going to actually photograph anything? How am I going to set? How am I going to do this? It was I had more time to do it, supposedly. But I had little people around me all the time. You know, when you're in a regular job, you're you've got you've time to focus because there's not someone wanting you to hold them right then. And mm-hmm. so I wanted uh, the whole point of me coming home was to be able to work on it and be with my kids, like spend more time with them. So th- since then there's been that, that tug of war the whole time, but um, it's just been trying some, trying out different things until it works. But yeah, that was a pretty big, pretty big decision, but it felt very quiet at the time. It didn't feel like I was coming into this big, okay, now guns blaring. I'm going to, um, I'm going to kick ass on this blog thing. No, it was actually very, I, I really kind of came into it from a low point almost of, of not mm. really knowing how to ramp up to it again. So, so I think that's this- a, Go That's for it, a super Steph. important. It's a really important point, though, because just for people out there, I mean, this is just an example of how the grass really is always greener. Sometimes we hear from um, aspiring entrepreneurs, people who are side hustling, which is so challenging. And I've had a lot of experience with that, like you, Beth, and similar aspirations and balancing motherhood. All of it strikes such a chord with me and definitely has a, a story that parallels mine. But a lot of people in our community, I do find that we hear a lot of this sentiment of like, well, if only I didn't have this stupid day job. I, I could be at home. I could get, I could get so much more done. And I think it sounds like, you know, with Beth's story, it's a, it's like a, a cautionary tale a little bit where it's like, be careful what you mm. wish for. Because I said this literally just earlier this week, earlier this week, and I probably say it every week, which is I have two full-time jobs. I have two full-time mm-hmm. jobs. I have childcare some of the time with my daughter, but I'm also building a life for myself where I, my whole purpose is to spend more time with her. So I'm constantly trying to fit two full-time jobs into less time. And thus is the struggle of the entrepreneurial mom. So I think that, I mean, I know that for our parents out there, but especially for our mothers, I think we're getting a lot of like solidarity nods from people right now listening to the show just because (laughs) it sounds... 
in your head, it sounds like, oh, it'll be so perfect. I'll get all this work done when the baby's asleep. And it's like, it could not be further from the truth. So <laughs> just know that. I think it's, I, I'm, I'm really appreciative of you, Beth, for like sharing that so openly, because at least for me, that was not something that I anticipated as being as challenging as it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, we've had to do so many different childcare setups along the way and we've tried a whole bunch of different things just to, because I, I always knew that I wasn't going to be able to be full-time stay-at-home mom, even just for my own personality. Right. And so, Same. you know, we've done, yeah. So we've done like um, a, a hybrid right now. So, but on those days when I'm home and my, and I don't, and I have childcare, for some reason, even then it's really hard to, because I'm home to just focus in on what I need to do in that, you know, luxurious five hours or if I'm having a bad day or if my neck is sore or whatever, like it just there, there's always something that's kind of, you know, coming up against me. But the truth is that I would not trade this for anything. Like I absolutely love that I get to do this. And now at this point to see everything growing the way that it is, I, I kind of, it's like a pinch me moment. Every, every Sunday, every Sunday is like my best week ever at this point. And I, it, but it happened in a period of over just over the last three or four months. And so when I look back at that time of, of when I left my job, as it compared to now, I'm still not even doing much more posting wise than I was then. But I just because I'm seeing the traction happening now, that is all of us that back to this whole validation thing. I'm seeing all of that, all of that work, even though it wasn't, you know, according to a particular schedule, it built, it built up to something and, and it just, now it's getting more and more momentum all the time. So I, I don't really know where I was going with that other than to say that well, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's an that, awesome feeling right now. Yeah. I was going to say, take us to, take us to where you're at now and tell us what it's like in your business now, because I'm thinking in particular of a recent Fizzle Friday call that you and I had together and there were some, can I call them tears of disbelief <laughs> and gratitude. Oh, yes. For, for where you're at right now. So tell tell everyone listening where you're at with your business and, and when you got emotional talking to me about it, like wh- where did that come from and, and what are you yeah. feeling about all of it? I will not cry on the Fizzle Show. Okay, maybe I will, um, but we'll see. So <laughs> I, I just cannot, I'm sitting here kind of not believing that three and a half years ago, I used to listen to, I started episode one. I'm one of these people um, that has been, you've been talking about a lot recently where I went back to episode one and I honestly don't know how I found Fizzle either. It just, it happened around the same time that I found Food Blogger Pro and it was just at the right time for me. But I listened to every single episode and I laughed at all the inside jokes, but mostly I was listening to this idea of making work that matters, you know, making something for someone's whatever and (laughs) um, laughing my butt off on my commute and just feeling the sense of hope and, and potential and, and just hell yes, like this is what I want to do. And so to now be sitting here on the show, like I am a, okay, can I, I just have to say this last week, um, I was, I'm going to be a total name dropper here, but I was having lunch with Chase's wife, Melissa, and (laughs) 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 oh man, Um, and I was having lunch with her, and at the end, oh, oh, first, I walked into the place where we were meeting, and I ran into Barrett, and I hadn't seen, and yeah, and I hadn't (laughs) seen him at, since, like, 
the craft and commerce conference. But the very first time I ever met Barrett in person was at that very same restaurant. It's called Harlow in Portland. And I had, I had met him in person there. And then a year, you know, year and change later, I rent, I was meeting Melissa there and he was standing in the exact same spot that he had been the last time I met him in person there. And I've been kind of communicating with him a little bit too, about this progress because, um, for a whole other reason, but, but basically, um, that it just was like this weird camaraderie or not, that's not the wrong word. Like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This magical day where I was having this conversation with Melissa. And at the end of it, I said, you know, my dream in life, one of my dreams in life is to be on the fizzle show. And then I walked mm. to my, I walked to my, I'm, I was serious. And I walked, cause that morning chase, or Steph had mentioned me on the show without saying my name. She had mentioned our fizzle Friday conversation. And I said, oh, they're talking about I'm being talked about on the Fizzle show, but it's but it's not me, you know. Or they're, they're, no one knew who it was except me. <laughs> and, um, and so I got to my car and I checked my email, and I hadn't checked it all day. And I got an email from Chase that said, "Want to be on the Fizzle show?" And I I cried like I was. I was just this moment of, is this for real? Like this is my life has just gone from full circle from this moment of admiring what these people are doing, feeling it fuel my desire to do this for myself. And now having hit at a time when this is actually happening for me and it doesn't show any signs of slowing that, that feeling, I can't even begin to describe to you. I called my husband in tears and he thought something was wrong because I never call him during the day. (laughs) I just text him. And so, yeah, I, I'll be, I'll probably be a fizzle fangirl for life. And I don't, I don't even mind being, you know, I told Steph I'm not stalking her, but I've been following her everywhere practically on everything she does. But um, I, I just feel so connected to it now because I, I'm getting so much out of it for my own journey and feel like I can contribute back to people um, mm. through what I'm learning as well. And so, yeah, I, right now in, in June, something happened and I don't know what it was. It wasn't really any post or anything. It just the gods of Google just started smiling on me even more. And my traffic has grown 20 to 30% month over month since June. And Mm. because my revenue is largely driven by display advertising, so has my income. And so now I'm at the point just in the last two to three months where I've completely replaced my my full-time income from my previous job. And not only that, this is the other crazy thing that I kind of cried about on the Fizzle Friday is the company that I worked for previously, they measure what people watch and, and buy and stuff. They're like a, like a measurement company for demographics and spending and all this. Mm. I used to, I used to pay attention to my job used to revolve around keeping track of what people watch on TV, which was, Oh man, I don't want to go there. But mm. now the company that places the ads on my blog, they're measured by the company I used to work for. So I <laughs> talk about coming wow. full circle. Like, so, so I just have this Right now, things are, I feel so, everything is just happening at the right, everything that's happening right now has been the built up of the last three and a half years. But I I also feel on some level that is only just beginning. Like there's this whole Mm. new chapter that's happened, that's about to happen. And, but it, it always still feels just like every day too, you know, like it, there isn't, there isn't any one point where I will, I will have arrived (laughs) back to the whole, you know, you can't feel it then if you're not feeling it now. I, I've listened to that talk probably three times because even though I heard it in person, because it is so absolutely true. I am trying to let myself just 
feel everything about this because it even the even the crappy stuff, even the part that makes my neck and shoulders get all tense and just like what you know, just the anxiety around it sometimes. I just I I'm going off on all sorts of tangents here, but I just I love I love what's happening in life right now. Mm. I can't believe I'm talking I love, to you. I, <laughs> I love hearing so this. Cool. Beth. This is so cool. Um, listen, we wanted to have you on to talk about this whole product that you just launched, how the sale went, some mistakes that happened, some lessons learned. I don't think we're, we're not going to be able to get to that in this episode. <laughs> this has just been the story. And I'm glad. I'm really glad because we've found out some, some really, really important pieces along the way that I think are, that they, I just think they preach. You know what I mean? I just think they preach. And in closing here, there's one thing that came up before we started recording that I think it, it, it is just even, it stands out like so clearly here. You are someone, Beth, who, you have a lot, you have, you have the discipline and the diligence to get this stuff done. You've already mentioned that there's, you, you deal with some insecurity and some shame about like, yeah, but I could be doing more. If I was mm-hmm. doing more at this point, I would be farther, you know, obviously we all feel that thing. Uh, but you've got the other thing, this is why I just wrote a post recently on like, uh, it was for episode 237. It's a sense that like, you don't lack discipline. You just haven't learned how to turn on motivation yet. You have a great, it's like, you're a great example of this. You have your motivation turned on, even if it's a dim light in the background, it's, you're fascinated. You're fascinated and captivated by this sort of world. And you've made it sort of a a project a main project for you you've made it your you know your main game of thrones that you watch in your life you know you've made it your your main tv series or book series that you follow in your life even though i'm sure there's there's others of those there's something about the way you've allowed yourself to be captivated where you've turned on or it happened naturally you were motivated and captivated by this idea enough that your internal interest just flows towards it Right. So even when we don't have enough discipline, everybody loses this. Everybody lacks discipline at some point. Right. Everybody falls off the wagon. That's like like there's not a person alive who is successful who hasn't like kind of flogged themselves. And you know what? The flogging, it's not the thing. It's the thing behind the thing that matters. The thing behind the thing is that fascination, is that focus, is that motivation, that like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? And it's like a little girl. It's like it's like being a little per- a little kid, right? It's it's like you 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 kind of you're putting yourself in it at the chances of of a bully on the playground beating you up for even having this idea, even having this dream. We all are. Anyone who's listening to the show, you're putting yourself in the place where a bully might come by and beat you up. But guess what? Like we got your back, first of all, and I, I on this play playground, I'm the only kid with a leather jacket. All right, so <laughs> can you imagine if I had a leather jacket as a kid, I would have crushed it. Anyways, <laughs> the 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 point the point is, you aren't alone. You aren't alone, even if we do get beat up, even if our posts don't become home runs. It's worth it. Keep that little light turned on. Steward it. Add fuel to the fire. And what happens? Who knows but why the hell wouldn't you give it a try? That's what I take from your story, Beth. And I think it's kind of holy. Like, I just think it's kind of sacred because anytime Mm -hmm. we can literally 
confront the powers that be. These are these big powers that be. You got to have a job. What if, what if you don't have enough money? What if you this, that, and the other? And some of this stuff, we need it to be smart, you guys. If Beth put her kids in a place uh, or a situation where they would be unsafe or malnourished or, or, but she never did. And she never had to. And to be honest, she could let that bar drop so much lower than she did. And her kids wouldn't have, wouldn't have missed a moment of nourishment, both emotionally and physically. Right? So, and ironically, do, pulling the party line, working at the corporate job and doing the things, right? There's this other argument to be made that's like, actually, your kids are more malnourished emotionally and connection-wise in that situation, potentially. Potentially. And so, what I love about this story, what feels holy to me about it, is, is you took life into your own hands in a way and you did it in a it did it just naturally very humanely over time when i say humanely i mean just in a way that any of us can approach it took years right it took years and that is so so valuable you don't have to do this all overnight you can do (laughs) you can do a few veggies for vita beforehand do you know what i mean and you can get it out but the main thing is like you you took this action you put a you put a you put a deadline on the calendar and you're like I'm publishing at this point. And that is so inspirational. Uh Steph, anything else to say before we get closed out here? I guess the only the only thing I'll say that I I just have to add to the to the mix because Beth and I have had a number of conversations behind closed doors as I she had said something to me that just really resonates because like Chase said and Beth and I can say this about myself too. We, I think many of us have this Chase I think you called it a graveyard of ideas or something where yeah. it's like you've tried yeah. the, the the veggies for vita of the world and Beth had said something to me along the lines of I'm just so glad I didn't give up on this like I've done with so many other things. And so I was curious. I said, well, "Why do why is that? Like why do you think you didn't give up this time like you did with so many so many other things?" And her answer was great, but my favorite part of it was she said I think it was just the fact that this idea wouldn't let go of me. And that was such a powerful thing to say. And I think it's something that many of us can relate to. So for people listening, if you have an idea that just keeps coming back to you, that you just kind of like, even when you step away, you kind of get called back to it. Or Beth kind of uh, went on to describe how like, you know, she like something else would happen and then something else would happen. Like the spaghetti squash story. There have been a few series of events like that, that, that made her, that kind of pulled her back in, even if she had moments where she had stepped away. So I think, you know, if you're listening to this show, if you have an idea that keeps knocking at your door, that means something. And I'm just so inspired by Beth's story because it, this is a story of someone who just continued to answer that call. And I just think that's mm. really cool. So Beth, I'm just super excited that you came on the show and have shared so honestly. Uh, this has been on, this has been fantastic. So thank you. Thank you for being so up, just vulnerable with what your journey's been like. Yeah, absolutely, Beth. We're honored to have you here on the show. It's not the other way around. So thanks for joining us, Beth. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. You... You got it. All right, guys, that is fizzleshow.co slash 240. Go to fizzleshow.co slash 240. We'll have links to Beth's site or social accounts. You can tweet her and Facebook her and say, hey, that was awesome because admit it. Admit it right now. Admit it. 
Yeah, I'm using my leather jacket on the playground. It might look like a bully, but I just need you to admit this. You felt something, gosh darn it. Like, you liked this. This was good. All right, so fizzleshow.co slash 240. Here is an iTunes review from Priska in the Netherlands who says, I just heard my first Fizzle podcast. I learned so much from it. I am glad that I listened to the How Completable Is Your Online Course podcast with Chase Corbett and Vanessa. Before I start my first online course in teaching students for uh, fresh graduates in the field of sustainability. So much knowledge in one hour. Thanks so much. Thank you, Prisca. You're awesome. Thanks for leaving a little episode-specific review. I love that. Maybe some of you haven't left us a review yet, and you would love to leave one about this episode. Mention it. Go to iTunes, open up, or do it in your podcast. I don't know how this really works, but I always go to iTunes, I search for The Fizzle Show, and I click Write a Review. Leave us a little note if you liked this episode so much and you haven't yet in iTunes. We read every single one. All right, guys. That's episode 240. I think this was so inspiring, hearing a real-life story of someone making it in the last few years. And it's not, all, it's not all figured out. It's not. There's still so much more to come, as she said. And I hope that you, uh, you get a little inspiration to start putting some deadlines on your calendar, deadlines you feel the right way about. Even if there's some fear, fine. But just deadlines that you feel the right way about. If it's total terror, let's talk about that. (laughs) Maybe we don't need to throw that right on our calendar yet. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show.